0: This is the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 Minutes or Less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 Minutes or Less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 Minutes or Less. I'm your host, John Solberg. And today I get to take you back to July 10th, 2012. Dave Bosca of Butcher Barbecue is in. Uh, It's a great episode to get to know Dave a little bit better, as well as get some insight into the beef processing industry in general. We're going to get to Dave in just a minute, but first let's check in with Joey Chestnut, competitive eater, and uh, find out about his tactics and strategies for eating a lot of hot dogs.
2: No, he's there. Hello, Hello. Right. Hi, Joey. Joey. Yeah. There he is, Joey Chestnut, the hot dog eating champion. Um, Joe, you're you know almost a week removed from the event. Tomorrow would be the week's anniversary. Um, kind of help me break down the competition, like how it went, um, all that stuff. July 4th is for you. Uh-
3: 5-4 was awesome. Uh, it, it was hot out there. It was hot in New York. Um, it was humid. But uh, I got into a decent rhythm in the beginning. I was, uh, I was a sort of mess, but uh, I was able to keep eating. And I, I, I didn't break my record, but I tried it. And I, I thought I did pretty good. Second place with 16 odd dogs behind.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, uh, I, I,
3: absolutely. I, I was hoping, I was hoping they, would, they would eat more. The more they eat, the, the more pressure I feel to eat more. And well, uh, and to do better, better, I I, I I definitely ate well that day,
2: though. So we'll get into some of like the the pre and post competition routines here in a bit. But how did you feel when you woke up that day? Did you feel like it was going to be a potential record breaking day, or when you wake up for any competitive eating event, do you wake up some days and be like, today I'm going to get my eat on, or oh, today yeah. might not be an. Yeah, I definitely woke
3: up. Woke up feeling light and loose. <laughs> I I only touched about. I only slept about four and a half or five hours at night and of that cocaine and uh, just, just, just ready and loose. I, I hydrated very well the day before, and then I stopped drinking water the day, day of the contest, and
2: uh, it, I, I felt really good. So you mentioned it was another hot, humid, sunny day. When you're outside, because obviously some of these competitions aren't housed outside, is, is there a perfect outside weather day for you to compete in?
3: Yeah, there's always perfect weather, but uh, it was. I, I, I'd be happy if it was like 75 with with California style, without humidity. But uh, I, I can't be too picky. It, it, one thing about it is it's fair for everybody. Everybody's eating in the same weather, everybody's eating the same hot tub.
2: Correct. Now, does eating in a day like July 4th weather wise affect you at all during your event? Can it hinder the amount you yeah. can consume?
3: It, 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 a little bit. It, it, it makes me it slow down a little bit towards the end. Uh, I'm a sweaty mess. So I know that I'm a little bit dehydrated. And just, I just ran out of steam a little bit. But I, I think it, you know, I, I really should have been able to push one more hot dog in me. <laughs> I'm a little bit bummed out about that. But uh, I, at least I tied the record.
2: Joy Chestnut joining me here on the show, winner of the Nathan's 4th of July hot dog eating contest. ate 68 dogs tying his own personal record. You know, about two minutes into the eat, Joey, you had three or four dog buffer between you and second place. Do you have a plan to work while you're at a contest while it's going on?
3: Oh yeah. Well, during the contest, I'm I'm really I'm, there's two feelings I'm trying to ignore completely. I'm just trying to ignore the feeling of full and feeling any feeling of pain. Uh, other than that, my mind is all over the place. Uh, I, I just, I'm just trying to control my breathing and keep my hands moving. Uh, and and just keep whatever whatever whatever's going in my mouth going down. Uh during that time also my little brother is right in front of me yelling at me, telling me telling me where we are at. And I just uh, I just, so I'm aware of where we have to that the the judge was in front of me I can see on my left to the right where the other ears are and uh and I I definitely knew that five minutes in I I I was I was five or six hot dogs ahead and, and they were slowing down and and then that minute, the, last, the last half of the contest is where I really, uh, created the gap.
2: Now you mentioned the fighting, that feeling of feeling full. I mean, 68 hot dogs. When does that happen at like hot dog eight or 10?
3: Uh, you know, I can, I can eat 30 hot dogs and be pretty happy. <laughs> so the first, the first four minutes of the contest, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy dude. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm in a, I'm going to vicious rhythm. And, uh, it's fun. The first four or five minutes are fine. The second half of the contest—that's where—that's where, uh, that's where it's real work. That's where uh, I'm, my my body is telling me things, and I'm, I'm ignoring it. And I I just I know exactly what I'm capable of, and I just I, I have to do it.
2: Joy Chesna joining me here on the show. All right, so we look at that back half of the competition. Six minutes in, you're up by ten dogs. You are, uh, and I guess you said you were actively kind of watching the other judges and some of the others, so you know where they are. When you see that you're up by 10, are you necessarily concerned? Do you think that they're going to make a run at you and somehow catch up, or are you kind no, of pacing your own self at that point?
3: I'm pacing myself. Uh, going into the contest, I knew that if, if I got into a decent rhythm, that it was going to be a contest against myself. Uh, I'd be a contest trying try to break the record, and I'd just be using whatever they did as, as motivation. Uh, and... They're awesome. They're awesome eaters. But, uh, this is the 4th of July. That's a contest I really train for. Uh, and there's other contests I, I do throughout the year, a bunch of contests, but none of them. I don't train for any of them the same way I do for Fourth of July. And the other eaters know that. They know that I go to this contest accepting only one outcome, a victory. And uh, if I'm there, I'm there to win.
2: At the end of the competition, you eat 68 dogs in 10 minutes, You tie your own record, given the heat and the humidity. And look, I mean, 68 hot dogs sounds like a friggin' craziness. So was it at all a struggle to just get back to that 68? And is 68 kind of this weird glass ceiling that you might have hit in some regard? I
3: don't want to think that. I I know I've broken the record in practice. Uh, I know I did one practice. I ate all the way to 74 hot dogs after 10 minutes. Uh, My body... Uh, this last week, it was I was proud to eat hot dogs and not only get get them in, but get them down and the uh, next year, you know, I, I I don't know exactly what I'll do differently. I, I have a couple of ideas. I want to go into the contest a little bit lighter, healthier, uh, so I don't put down as much at the end. But uh, the only way you can be a good, good good competitive eater is by eating a lot and. Uh, it sounds funny, but so I have to keep the balance uh, a little bit better next year, be a little bit healthier, but still maintain the ability, uh, the ability to eat uh, a ridiculous
2: amount of food. All right, so I'm getting a lot of uh, questions here in my instant chat room, and the one that seems to repeat over and over again is how you actually go about training for this event. I know you were on uh, the Jim Rome show last Tuesday leading up. You said that you had eaten 80 hot dogs you know, within a couple days' time prior to going in. What what's the process like for you? How are you training to eat sixty eight, seventy, eighty dogs?
3: It's it's uh, I I, yeah. I compare to watch a marathon runner or, or possibly a bodybuilder. I, I I get my body into a cycle, or I'll do a practice contest, and after the contest, I'm, the day after I'm immediately taking this protein supplements, and uh, and I'm on, I'm on a liquid fast. I'm fasting for three days, getting ready for my next practice. And every time I do a practice I, I try to eat a little bit more and and every time I get the food down and digest it I know I can go up a little bit more the next time it's just it's it's i uh, I'm just ma- I'm convincing my body it's all right and I'm convinced I'm, I'm making those those muscles stretch and become a little bit stronger and and getting my body to use it I just need a little bit more every time it, it's uh it's it, it sounds simple it, it is pretty simple it's it's but it's uh it's it's tough for any of the it, it, it it's work any of those three days when I'm fast I feel like garbage and the, the day after the contest I feel like garbage so it uh it's easy for other years to try to find you know, an easy way to do it but it's uh if you're if you're gonna do this i mean if i'm gonna do this contest and I'm committed to being the best I can be it might as well might as well
2: some work all right so the other question that keeps coming up is. After the event is done, are there people running right away to offload uh or are you digesting you know the the twenty thousand calories or, or whatever it is, and how much weight are you putting on during the course of an eat?
3: Oh yeah, I'm digesting it. It, it, it it's very rare for me to get sick I'll get sick there's i'll get there's a couple reasons why I might get sick is if, if I'm not familiar with the food and I haven't digested that much food before uh and no, that's not a problem with hot dogs my body feels comfortable with them and digests them but uh the other reason is if I'm too dehydrated, then my body just can't, can't, can't doesn't have enough uh, liquid to digest the food. And that, that I might get sick like three hours later. It just it might be something not digesting. But, uh, in this contest, I was, I was hydrated, and my body was used to digesting the food. And, uh, I, I know that next year, I, hopefully, I, I just need to control my body a little bit better. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, it, but I, there are, you're right. There are eaters that, that as soon as, as soon as they can, they, they uh, let loose. And, yes. and I know, I know they're there. They, they know, I know that they do it. And, you know, I, I know they're never going to beat me also. They they know that also. So, so it's the, the, the person who, who can't control their body is, uh, definitely out there. And, uh, and, uh, I uh, I, I kind of laugh at them. I, I, I kind of laugh at uh, they're trying to keep up with me. The, they push themselves to that breaking point.
0: To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at John, J O N, at the BBQ Central uh,
2: For the people that don't know Dave Bosca, and this would probably be more towards the people that are going to pick this up on podcasts and are just kind of periphery fans of the show and of barbecue and grilling. What's the background in the beef business with Dave bosco?
0: I've been in the meat business uh, just 30 years, just a hair over 30 years. Um, I started out in a little bitty small mom pa, retail meat market grocery store. Uh, I had a 70 year old man teach me how to cut hanging beef back when I was 15 years old. Um, and I actually, I literally fell in love with cutting the meat, packaging it, making sure it was right, and doing everything I could do to sell it in the time frame that the meat allowed. Um, I grew from there. Uh, I started cutting meat in chain stores around Oklahoma, uh, become a market manager. Um, I went on to national large warehouse food chains. Um, I was with Sam's Club. When I started with Sam's Club, there was 14 meat markets in the company. Um, I grew from there. I went to the East Coast. I lived in New England for a while. Opened up, oh, 20, 25 different Sam's Clubs up there. Traveled all around over there. Came back to Oklahoma. Went, uh, Stayed with Sam's for a long time. Did some more traveling in different states for And finally, I was getting tired of the corporate world and doing all that, so I went back to work in a little bitty little 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 bitty grocery store, and finally uh, decided to open up my own place. And I've been doing that ever since. Is
2: that the is is that is this the best time that you've had doing it, or did you kind of enjoy each position that you were at, each station you were at?
0: I I love every bit I've done my whole life. I there is there is not another job. I want or am have regret. I have never taken. Uh, I I love cutting meat. I get up at six o'clock. I I go I go to work every morning for myself. Uh, I my son now works with me in the meat shop, and I absolutely love educating people that, that we we go out and still do the farm kill. Um, we bring it back. We hang it up. Um, educate people on how all that works. There's there's nothing I'd rather be doing right
2: now. Dave Bosca joining me here on the show. ButcherBBQ.com is the website if you want to check it out and grab some of his uh, injections, sauces, rubs, marinades. You got that grill product. Absolutely fantastic. You know, Dave, one of the things that I've heard recently, especially over the last couple of years, is this whole trend of artisan beef. Uh, like I said, it's gained some recent popularity. And, and I guess what I mean by that, from birth to slaughter, knowing where – your beef comes from, what kind of, almost like wines and vintages. Have you noticed an increase of this kind of thing or this kind of interest from people as they're coming into the market? Are people asking you where did this cut come from uh, and what was it fed on and how is this going to taste and blah, blah, blah?
0: I would say there's been an increase in folks wanting the what you call artisan beef, or what uh, been also coined as uh, natural, to where people can know it's not didn't have anything hormones in it, all the way from the feed that it ate, all that. But the problem with that is people don't want to pay for it. The, the where these feedlots can feed thousands, hundreds of thousands of beef and buy it, and train loads of food and beef. The small producer cannot do that. They they cannot raise five for they they can raise five, but it's going to be the same cost. Uh, I'm sorry. They can raise a hundred for the same cost of five. So it's going to cost a lot. And the end users right now, we're not willing to pay for that luxury. I don't think there's as many as what the public newspapers, news media is out there to be.
2: I don't know if people want to know about this or not, but I do. And I don't know how many people think about it, and I would imagine you've seen this quite a bit through the the years in the business. If you could, kind of take us through a, a slaughter process. Uh, what kind of conditions have you seen? Have you seen tremendously bad conditions? Uh, have you seen any type of reform or legislation that has been passed to make sure that these areas are, you know, clean and sterile? What what have you seen, and what kind of a, of a, an environment are we working in today?
0: Okay, overall, this is the best condition in the world is what's going on right now. Just like everything else out there right now, it's um, more people are in this, and the governor. Governing agencies that oversee us are being ran by the government. They're understaffed, and they're giving three and four times more plants to go visit and to look at than what they did 15, 20 years ago. So it's just like everything else. Conditions drop, but you don't have an oversight committee to tell you to pick that up, put that away. It just becomes natural to... Let it slide. And then that's what ends up becoming in the, the uh, mass media. That's what everybody hears about. But for the most part, owners of the small plants, like myself, have personal pride in what they do and what they they, they turn out. Uh, the conditions are generally always good. To walk you through uh, uh, the kill, there, there's kill floors that. Farmers can bring their animals in. They can set them up in pens, and then we run them in one at a time. And some guys use a stun gun on the, the smaller animals, the hogs and stuff. Some guys will use uh, a gun. We still use a, a twenty two mag on ours. Some folks have uh, blank shots that come out of a – shoots a, a metal rod out. Just just enter them and come back, sick, uh, retracts back in. And then, then uh,
2: like, and then you're doing that, like in the the brainstem or in the head, or like, a, why? Where are you shooting them at?
0: Uh, you actually shoot them between the eyes, about about three quarters inch up. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. we, myself, my plant, we don't have a kill floor. We still do the farm kill. We we have a big gooseneck truck, uh-huh. and we schedule them out. I'm I've got animals scheduled for this whole year, and then about fifty animals scheduled for next year already. And we still go out to the farm. We uh, kill them, kill them on the farm. We skin them, gut them, hang them up, quarter them, roll them in the truck, and then. Load up all the non essentials, all the offals, bring everything back to my plant, and I start rolling them in the cooler, weighing up, rolling them in the cooler, and, and start letting them age.
2: All right, so at this point, it's probably like no big deal. You do it every day, like eat chips and drink Coca Cola. Was there a point at, at at some at some point where it was a little awkward for you to off the cow, or it didn't matter?
0: Now, um, heck, I'm set on that county dinner
1: you know, that doesn't make any difference, and there you have it from July 10th in 2012. Joey Chestnut, competitive eater, David Bosca, butcher's barbecue. If you'd like to hear the rest of this episode, head on over to the BBQ Central Look under the best moments archive tab, the link to the full episode will be in the show notes for you right there. While you're there, if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to the Barbecue Central Show via podcast. Never miss an episode of that show or this show again. Until next time, on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less, I'm your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon.